Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com if you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com that's terryryan2020 at gmail.com Gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 97A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. And uh, this week, I have to start with some rather bad news, unfortunately. I just found out that uh, one of our own here in Mount Pearl and a friend of mine, not a real close friend, but, uh, you know, you grow up in Mount Pearl, suburb of St. John's, but a a real distinct flavor. We have our own community. 30,000 people, I guess. And Brad's a couple of years younger than me, but, you know, you grow up in a small town. You go to watch the junior hockey team. You know, we all we played on the blades and all the sports, soccer. You know, you just and I've, you know, talked to Brad many times. Just I, I didn't have his number or anything like that. But uh, he's real close with a lot of my close friends. And over the years, watched many a game, shared many a conversation with Brad. His mother used to teach me at Mary Queen of the World when I was in grade seven. Brad was a great hockey player, always one of the better players growing up kind of thing, you know, like in the running, if not on Team Newfoundland, like he was always Mount Pearl's, one of the Mount Pearl's best for that age group. And uh, I guess he got in a car accident the other night, and I'd heard about the car accident, didn't realize it was Brad Caravan, and uh, I'm a little shocked. I don't know how to really respond here today, but it's relatable. Right. Uh, Because I I just literally I got home from a walk on Signal Hill with so much good vibes and positivity. It's my ex-wife, Danielle. Danielle, it's her birthday. Sorry. Um, Happy birthday to her. The founder of Penny Posh. And the mother of my child. 
and you know, long lifelong friend since since we're 18 anyway. But anyway, we went out for a nice little meal at Blue on Water. Shout out to Blue on Water, a great little spot. I love going there for breakfast slash brunch down on Water Street. And uh, my good buddy Jason Brake runs it. Anyway, we went down and we had a great little walk. Signal Hill's a an area. It, it it's uh, it was the it's a building. I guess you could say it's an, an old school. It's built like a 130 years ago, maybe. And where was I? Sorry, I had to press pause. Um, it's it, it's a it's a hill, but Cabot Tower is built on on Signal Hill. And amongst other things, it was the first it was the place where Marconi sent the first transatlantic wireless message, I guess, paving the way for phones. Right. I know it was to somewhere in England. Uh, come on in. Come on in. My buddy Ian McLeod just showed up. He's back for a week. Speaking of Mount Pearl sports legends, one of the best soccer players to ever lace him up. Come on over here for a sec. Did you hear about Brad Caravan? No. You know Brad Caravan? Oh, God. Maybe it's an awful time to have to mention this. I just said it because I thought you knew. He passed away. Um, sorry, I thought you knew maybe. I thought that's why you were dropping by, but I just realized you're down here to get your jersey. Um, Ian, uh, by the way, how you doing? Tell us a little bit about your sports uh, upbringing in Mount Pearl. This is unexpected. Uh, sure thing, Terry. Uh, Ian McLeod here. I guess I uh, started uh, playing with the Mount Pearl Soccer Association when I was uh, very young, uh, looking up to guys like uh, John Ackerman and Andrew Moist. Uh kind of uh, worked my way up through the system, was uh, fortunate enough to represent Newfoundland at the uh, 2005 Canada Games. Uh, we had a really great uh, group there. And uh, from there, I guess, got, got uh, noticed and uh, a scholarship to Mount uh, Allison University. Uh, played five years for Mount A there with uh, an AUS All-Star being the, I guess, climax of it. And uh, now I hang my hat in uh, Ottawa trying to uh, yeah, figure out the uh, renewable energy uh, landscape of Canada. That was a fantastic summary and a lesson I often talk about here uh, on here about goals in sports. And, and, you know, if you there's a great example. So every kid that I coach, not every kid, but most, most, the vast majority of, of, of kids, those parents that are involved or grandparents or step parents or whatever it might be, people close to the kid often say, you know, what does little Johnny or have to do to make the NHL type of thing? So, and my thing is like, man, there's so many goals before that. And I mean, what are the odds if you're going up in Canada, say you're going to make the premiership, probably not high, but there's scholarships out there. There's Canada games, there's experiences, there's billets, there's buddies. No doubt that your sportsman, you smart guy you hear, Ian McLeod sitting next to me, very, uh, what's your degree in again? Uh, I did commerce and economics. And you got your master's? Not yet. I kind of went right into the uh, the working world after that. And got a pretty good job up in Ottawa. I mean, he's being really humble. You don't have to get into the specifics of it, but soccer scholarship paved the way. Now you're living up in Canada's capital. You get to come home. You're, uh, you, I, th- I met your fiance the other night. I can't remember her name. What is it? Uh, Felicity Law. Felicity. Great girl. You've got your, your starting your what's the word you're not your independent life i guess you guys both are starting your shared independent life uh independent of i guess you know any shackles of school or you know when you're growing up you're living with your parents and everything else and now you're you've got a lot of freedom you're really uh you're riding the wave um so i'm proud of you thanks for dropping in and uh i guess when do you go back and, and what does this year have in store for you and do you kick the soccer ball around anymore uh, so I no longer uh, kick the soccer ball around anymore. I, uh, I had four uh, knee surgeries by the end of my uh, career there. So they say I have the, I guess, the lateral movement of a steamroller now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, right now I, I did put uh, five years into coaching the game when I stepped away for, uh, for NLSA there. I was head coach of their under-12 program for five years. And uh, actually on the hockey podcast, was fortunate enough to uh, – coach uh, Alex Newhook came through our program, which is pretty interesting. So you coached Alex Newhook. That is 
Interesting. And so I, I didn't realize that, Ian, but I remember, I remember like Alex, there's, there's lots of great players from here. Him, maybe Harold Drukin and, and, and Cleary. Other than that, I don't remember anybody else being so young. Like I remember going to see Alex when he was like nine, like he was that good. Was, was, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, he, he was a pretty uh, strong talent. We put him right in the center midfield and uh, it, we were kind of told he was a bit of a hockey uh, prodigy, we'll say, uh, when, when he was into the program. But it does speak to, to how uh, being a well-rounded athlete and, uh, you know, doing something different in the summer uh, and, and kind of diversifying uh, your skills can uh, really grow an athlete overall and a person. You know, I really I, I agree. And I, I'm astounded because I heard that he's just lights out in soccer as well but teddy purcell was the same i was the same you're uh, speaking of sports and, and athletic accomplishment in newfoundland our buddy ryan graham who's out in calgary used to play for the fog devils look at that look at ryan's numbers folks look at them you've never heard of him and uh just phenomenal always had a lot of points a lot of penalty minutes team guy use that of course again catapult to a scholarship did ryan go to the nhl no he went to minnesota camp i remember that and it was kind of teetering. Should I play pro? Should I go to school now? He's happy. I think they got a baby on the way. Or am I wrong? No, baby due in uh, mid-June. Yes. And his girl's name is Tori, I think, right? And uh, one of our best buddies. Can't wait to see Ryan again. Shout out. A week. Usually every week we, we chat either on the phone or by text or whatever. And uh, before I keep rambling, Ryan is one of my last hockey fights a few years ago. And he, he's one of my best buddies. We, I mean, we won national championships together you know like we're we're good friends all the way back and mount pearl he used to be 13 14 years old up at the courts and we'd have a roller uh, hockey gear on i'd be like 25 ramming him into the fence it was <laughs> it was a great time but ryan um like i said he not only catapulted all that uh, hockey talent and smarts smart family uh into a career and a life and everything, but you, you end up, it always follows you around indirectly. It's not that Tori was part of his hockey life, but the path that he chose that path brought them together. So I'm a big, I guess to me, sports, I, I I'm not very religious, but if there's a religion in sports, it's the positive karma and being around a team and, and, and being a leader. Cause everybody has to be a leader. Even the people on teams that aren't leaders when they, have a good year. And if you're on a team, for example, with a great leader on it, you come out of that having gained more experience in that direction. No, that's true. Uh, you know, and, and people uh, or athletes who make these kind of elite teams, they, they come from their, their smaller towns and they, they go up and they play with these larger teams, but you know, when they return to their communities, uh, they, they're big leaders in that way. There's, there's the next generation of kids who look up to them. And, uh, it's, it is, uh, I like the way you put it in terms of, uh, it's, it's a religion in terms of, of the right karma to follow. And, uh, you know, if you, you continue to pass on what you learn to the next generation and, and give back, uh, you're, you're usually rewarded. Uh, and it says a lot about your character. That's a good point. And you know what? So here, so uh, Ian, actually, I'm, I'm selling off. I got a lot of memorabilia here and a, it's collecting dust, a lot of it. And things, some things I have like five and six times like uh, Team Ireland jerseys. So I'm auctioning them off because I'm going to bring Penny Lane to the Ball Hockey World Championships in September in Prague. And uh, anyway, we were talking about it. And I said, you know what, Dad, why don't we get rid of some of this stuff? I bet we could get a plane ticket. So that's what we're doing. So I'm glad, too, that one of my buddies at least has it. Because even though I have multiple as you're looking at them, Ian, um, you know, they're a bit sentimental to me. So it's, it's great that one of my friends actually uh, bid. on When I saw the bid come in on eBay, I was like, hey, we'll just drop down to the house. Uh, now, that being said, uh, and we'll go upstairs now, Ian, but I think that's a good note to, to come in a full circle with Brad Caravan because he was that guy. Brad Caravan didn't make the NHL. Um, he was always a good athlete and everything growing up. But And I don't even know, you know, he didn't get a scholarship or anything. But again, sports, in, 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 and he's gone too soon. But it paid, like, he was the kind of guy, like a, a, a loosey-goosey in the locker room, get, like really a lot like Ryan Graham. Like, get, you know, smart. Definitely head on his shoulders, but always get the boys loose. And like I said, I, I, you know, I've gone down to watch baseball provincials, Challenge Cup. Uh, I'd see him around, rent the ice here and there. I didn't know him like the back of my hand, 
but I bet you we had a hundred conversations over the years and uh, I'll always remember him as that athlete in the room that he was like, I used to coach me again, two or three years younger, but when I was say 16 or 17 and he was 12 or 13, uh, he was always the guy he reminded me of me, you know, he, he'd be in the room. He, he didn't fuck around with the coaches or have a bad attitude, but always like, how are we going to attack this situation? Let's do it with humor and get everybody in, in a good mood. And then we'll have a better practice or a better game. That's the kind of guy Brad was. So Brad rest in peace. You're gone way too soon. Like many of our fallen friends and family. And uh, we love you. And we met, we, we shall meet again, again, one day, my friend. Now I'll be right back with you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7 or visit ccp.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's see, what was I going to talk about next? Just got some jot notes. I tell you this. How about LeBron James's tweet on April Fool's joking that he's out for the year? Meanwhile, the Lakers are 31 and 46 and might miss the play-in. They might not even make the playoffs. There's only like six games left and he jokes on April. Like, what are we supposed to say? Oh, thank God. Thank God. You were joking, LeBron. Now we're only going to miss the playoffs by one game. You find that just it. I often bring him up, but he, LeBron fascinates me because I mean, you, you can't argue he's one of the greatest ever. You'd probably put him number two. Some people, number one, I'm not going to do that. Since it's subjective and there's no way to actually declare a winner, then in that case, I'm going to go with Michael Jordan because I find LeBron and statements like this ridiculous. Like, where are you? Like, read the room. How narcissistic are you or self-absorbed? Probably a better both, yeah. To think that, like... That was good timing for that joke. Can you imagine if Kobe and Shaq and Magic Johnson and Kareem and these guys were out of the playoffs with a few games left and they were jokey, joking around like that? Like, and, and I guess you're not going to not joke. You got you to smile. Life is life. Basketball is basketball. But when you're getting paid tens of millions, I don't know what he gets, man. I'm guessing 30 or 40 or 50 fucking million a year. Like, and, and you're, 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 the whole season has been a complete disappointment. And I know you've had some good games. Like, what are you saying? Are you saying it's not a disappointment because you've had 50 points plus in a few of those games? Are you saying... Because you've done your job? Everything's cool? You know, and again, I know he's got good personal statistics this year, but the Lakers are, a, are are an institution. The Lakers are like the Yankees or the Canadians or the Celtics or Manchester United. I mean, they're, they, their heritage and their tradition is steeped in 
the biggest sports fanatics on the planet. Their fandom knows no end. You can go to Tibet and find a Los Angeles Lakers fan that wouldn't even know who the Milwaukee Bucks are, and Milwaukee won it last year. And all that. And if you want to say, well, that's a lot of pressure, but it is, but you chose it. You just hop around going to these super teams, and this time you try to make a super team, and you're not taking any responsibility for that. Jokey and April Fools, ha ha. Like, are you kidding me? And then not only that, played the next game. The next game was the most important game of the year against the Pelicans. They lost. He played. And then last night against the Nuggets, they lose again, and he's not even playing. And he might miss the year with a bad knee or ankle or whatever. I mean, just like I said, read the room. I find it, and that's why I find him fascinating. I don't think he realizes that. And you wait. As soon as they don't make it, he will be, he'll do something. This time last year, he changed his number. Remember that? They got knocked out. Uh, he was mad at the format, this play-in play bullshit. Now they're playing for the play-in, so he's, he's mute now. He's fine. But last year, when they didn't benefit from the play-in tournament, whatever it was, then he was upset. For whatever reason, I can't remember. And then they got knocked off. Okay, go away, LeBron. Go away. Right? And then not even a month later, big Instagram post, number eight, LeBron. I changed my number. Yeah. We get it. But we're watching Milwaukee and Golden State or wherever the fuck it was. You know? Or, or Phoenix. And guys like Giannis or, or Devin Booker or Chris Paul or whoever that aren't talked about. You know, you listen to all the sports shows. You'll always hear Durant, for good reason. You know, Durant, Irving, uh, LeBron. Uh, you'll never hear much about Toronto, but, you know, you, you hear the same names, Anthony Davis, generally from the same teams, the superstars, the stories. I get all of that. I, I totally understand why. But when playoffs are happening, it's just the, it doesn't matter how popular you are. You're going to lose if, if, if you don't play well. Last year, I think Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken, lost in game seven and Durant took a three that, that, that would have won it. But he, he, it was a two point because his foot was on the line. So it's close, but they got knocked off. The Lakers were out of it early. So you got Milwaukee, Phoenix, I think it ended up being, but my point is that that's these guys that aren't in the press every day that maybe aren't in the major markets. That's their time to shine though. And just to have no self-awareness. If you're a LeBron, just to, you know, you always got to be, yeah, I got space jam coming out. Number eight. Yeah. Okay. Fuck off now till the end of the playoffs. Okay, we'll hear from you later. Go, go wherever it is you go, right? Or he'll announce a new color of shoes. Or you wait and fucking see. He's, he's like Dennis Rodman when he was last going off, showing up on David Letterman, getting married to himself, making announcements. I, 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 I find Rodman, oddly enough, a little bit more likable. And <laughs> goofball likable, but villainous almost. But there's... Seems to be a level he's in on the joke, but it seems to me LeBron got to constantly be stroked, even when he's laughing. It's just like, I'm the funniest. I'm the, you know, I, I don't know. I, I get a sense that he would be a terrible teammate unless you did everything he wanted. I would guess that he's a dictator in the room. There are lots of people that would probably say he's a great teammate because you didn't go against him. But maybe I'm wrong. And then again, who am I to say? Michael Jordan, judging by the last dance, was an absolute slave driver out there. Right? But I think he demanded the best from everybody. I mean, as does LeBron. But... Um, I guess they have that in common, but I, I think LeBron was looking for more personal credit. Jordan got it because he was simply the best. But what was the first thing LeBron said? Think about it. When they won in the bubble, other than the bubble, the Lakers have been a complete dis disgrace in the LeBron era. So let's say he goes there. They win in the bubble. What's the first thing he said? He got the trophy. 
Now we'll get our respect and hopefully I get my respect too. He was immediately thinking about me, me. And he, he doesn't even realize it because I think it's, it's clouding his vision so much that he has no idea that people, he must have an idea people see him like that, but he probably doesn't know why. Why does everybody like Michael Jordan and they don't like me? Well, I don't know. You got handed the trophy and immediately made a statement by saying I'm better than him. <laughs> How about this? Thank you, L.A. Thank you to my teammates. We never would have done it without you guys. You know, I'm here and I know I, I chose L.A. and I was unsure. I came from Cleveland. It was a comfortable situation, but we never would have won it without all you fans and these players right here. I was merely a vehicle along the way. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to the organization. Hopefully we can go and repeat and we can get some other players out here that can be as positive as all you fans and all you players. Thank you. But he didn't say that. What he said immediately chose as his first words were now. I'm paraphrasing, but I know it was close. Now. We'll get our respect. And hopefully I get mine, too. Why? Oh, well, LeBron, why? Because a lot of people think you're second best all time and not first. And that's directly what he was referring to. Right. Now you wait. They're not going to make it. He probably won't even play. But he'll be in the news within two months. I guarantee you whether he. I don't know if he's going to get shot into space, one of those guys, and he's going to announce it like during the finals game seven or something. But. It's attention that he craves and he's got to. I think all of it adds into him being an unbelievable athlete. I think he's driven to be popular more than he's driven to be the best basketball player. And, and, and nor maybe both that, that could be, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm taking a, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm really taking a leap there, I think, but I do think part of that is what drives him. I don't think a lot of the other greats that, I mean, you probably get addicted to fame on some level, but like, I think it's over. He's going to be still sniffing around and, I think he wants to be like a movie star type fond over all the time. I think Jordan maybe and a few more want to be respected Kareem and they'll bring some insight into a situation, but I don't think they're necessarily attention starved like LeBron. That's my take like it or not. Um, okay. I'm going to answer some questions now. So here's, here's a real, real question. I won't say who because they're on my Facebook. Hey, TR, I wished you a happy birthday. Why didn't you get back to me? Wink. So, well, I'll tell you why, because I, I can't keep up with Facebook and shit and birthdays are the stupidest. They're, it's not special, right? I got 5,000 friends on Facebook. I don't know half of them. I just say, yes, I should probably think it out. But, you know, a lot of them are my friends, but I don't know a lot of them. I, I don't pay attention to the feed much. I guess I'm a selfish Facebook user. I, I post pictures and I guess advertisements for upcoming events, things like that. And beyond that, I, I don't spend much time engaging and birthdays to think about it. There's 5,000 people on my Facebook and that means it's a one in 365 chance that it's your birthday today. So just roughly one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, there's 15, 16, people every single day that it's their birthday do you think i'm going to go down and say happy birthday to all those people no i'm not and i never will if you think that i would then i'm sorry to disappoint i i find it i don't know what it is almost pretentious like i want to hide my birthday so no one sees it not because i'm getting older i'm 45 years old there it is i mean you can't run from that there's an internet nowadays you know your your face starts wrinkling you get gray hair that's what's hap happens when you get older i'm not running from that i just don't want that birthday with uh, i faded a responsibility and by by the way my birthday was three months ago i'm just answering the question but you know happy birthday happy birthday happy Thanks, 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 thanks. And then you, and then you got to do that response. I stopped doing the response, but you have to the next day. Oh, another year older, another year wiser. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you to all my friends and family. I'm overwhelmed by all the great birthday wishes. People are just bullshitting. And why do you want to spend time bullshitting? You know, it's just fake. It's stupid. It's, it's you're reading just nonsense. 
You're reading a bunch of shit that people are just on their thing and see it's a birthday and they feel obligated. And then the other person feels obligated to get back to each and every one of them who shouldn't care other than this questioner. Now, I think with the wink at the end, he or, or she probably knows my answer and it's going to fire me up. But I don't know. I find this self-importance about it. If, if you are into that, uh, uh, what's what's a word? Um, what's a word? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of a scenario. Or, or the statements or that's why I almost find Twitter pretentious. I mean, reading responses is one thing because, I mean, there could be the most positive thing in the world and someone is going to hate it uh right and and start and, and people just do it to do it and there's bots and there's it, i find it a poisonous poisonous point a poisonous world but just the act of like i find it and i have a hockey podcast but i find it hard for me to just put out a statement you know like like everybody should like if i'm watching the game i, I don't know like matthew should shoot it more I find it pretentious to say that he's Austin Matthew, but, but fans will, you know, some plumber who never played hockey in his life uh, that played B level basketball up to grade nine and then dropped out because he knocked a girl up early and had to take the first job that he got at the mill and finally got out and went and became a plumber. And now he's, he got a union job and he lives in Sudbury and he's happy and he's got the family. He hasn't watched hockey for 10 years and he never could play, but he turns the TV on and sees Austin Matthews not shooting when he's got 49 and starts going on a rant on Twitter. I'm like, why the fuck do you think that I wouldn't go to Bob McKenzie for this information? You know, and I feel bad doing it myself because I feel out of it and not quite connected. But at least I watch and I have a podcast, but it's the some people on there that have these opinions. And I'm like, why just say it like it's one thing to even respond, because then at least it's out there and you're responding. But how important do you think you are to just comment like or what's worse is, is, is if you comment on something that you're really not. A, I don't know, like if I'm watching the basketball game. Unless there's an incident that I don't know, someone punches somebody in the face and it's, you know, I'll often go on and I know often is the wrong word once every two or three months. And I might engage being see my buddy Ken Reed comment on maybe a play that was a bit soft and maybe I'll talk with him and then fans of this show, his show, they might pipe in and that I find, OK, that's a bit of a positive debate and you can kind of just block out the poison right so by this point when i do those a lot of the poison is is already blocked but you know to, for, for me just to say oh what the hell is the coach doing like why is uh steve nash taking out durant at this point this is ridiculous he's got to be in there he's only got two fouls not three who the fuck am i but the played in grade 10 the spare and the Cornell basketball team, QSS, like, you know, no, because I, I'm not an authority on the subject. I'm a fan. I can get fried talk with my buddies. Of course, that's what fandom is. But just to throw it out there, Austin Matthews is a dickhead because he won't shoot it tonight. Like it, these statements from idiots that, that and people respond. And I don't know if it, half the time it's just people that want attention. You know, or, or, you know, the Facebook, just, uh, I'm going to get a haircut today. Yeah. Okay. Well, why do you, why does everybody need to know that? You know, oh, you go girl. I bet it's going to look so nice. And, you know, I'm proud. I don't eat healthy and I don't want to exercise this month because I'm proud and I'm, I got my right and I can do it. You go girl. Clearly, there's an underlying fucking problem. Why do you need to announce that to everybody? Okay, if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. Go eat fucking 10 Big Macs and six fucking coconut cream pies this week. Do whatever you're going to do. You're your own person. I would never normally judge that. But why do you have to fucking say it on there? And yes, if you're, you know, I guess if, 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 if it was my relative, if Penny Lane was like that, I would often say, yeah, be proud, be confident, but you got to lose some weight. You know, people that don't eat healthy die early. Let's let's. <laughs> wow. Am I going on a rant? Wow. I didn't even have anything to do with it, but that also bothers me. I get it to a point, you know, be proud of your body and everything else, but you don't have to shove poison into it. 
you know, and then go out on the weekend and have 26 beers, eight fucking sex on the beach shooters, maybe half a gram of blow and some fucking hash cookies the next day to get over the hangover. Right. It's all good. Treat your body the way you want. Be proud of everything that you do. Doesn't mean that it's all healthy. Doesn't mean that I have to go and know about each and every one of your decisions and why it has to impact me. Yeah, social media. It's just to, to even to even start typing. And, and you know, I'm I'm the minority, so I'm probably pissing a lot of people off as I speak. But I'm just gonna I'm telling you from my point of view, I find it and maybe that's my own issue, right? Maybe that's my own issue. But to just like type in I'm going to the library and then a movie, like just to put it out there in the universe. Yeah. Right. But, but why do I need feedback? And, and people that say, you know, be happy and be yourself. And, you know, and, and when what my point earlier, I mean, I, I'm not fat shaming either. There's lots of people that are overweight that might be maybe they got a job that they're sitting down, you know, 10 hours a day and they can't get out and exercise. They eat fair. It's more to me about the healthy eating and living. And, you know, I'm not going to throw that in your face. You, you do it. But don't be under the guise that because you're proud of it, that it's healthy. Right. I mean, there's there's something I don't know what's. I don't want to start comparing, actually, the road I was just going to go down. You know, like I'm sure Cardi B, there's there's a lot to be proud of. And, hey, you know, a lot of people that are like she's a spokesperson for bigger women and, and, and men, I guess. And, you know, people that maybe had a rough beginning that I mean, there's a lot of success there, but. You know, don't confuse that with everything she does because she's proud of her body is to be followed or idled because a lot of the time what causes a body to be one way or the other are the things that you put into it. And if it's not healthy, it should be kind of addressed by somebody. Why not start with yourself instead of posting out there to the whole world that you're proud and you're... You know you're going to get 20 responses from people that are thinking the same. But if you're proud and you don't care, then just keep it to yourself. Why do I have to know? You know, you're proud. Okay. You should be. But I, and if you don't care what anybody thinks, then why are you making a statement and pressing enter? I, I'm, I'm driving. Oh, today I'm driving to Butterpot. I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm coming home to go to the gym. And then when they get to the gym, showing you their exact workout, right? And documenting it all. Meanwhile, they're, they're not a personal trainer or they're not a, they're, they're, they're probably a, a real estate agent, divorced, looking for a side job. What do I care what your workout routine is? What do I give a shit if you go for a hike in the morning? I mean, I guess if you're on that hike and, and you, Take pictures there. You, yeah, I guess pass on the, the beauty that is nature and everything. And let me comment on that. Or, you know, if your favorite team, if you're a Leafs fan and your favorite team wins, totally different. I'm not saying that. You know, that's what fandom is. But I don't know. Some of the social media. Last thing, I'll say the, the political stuff. Right? People will say that they'll often echo my sentiments that they don't like social media. It can be stressful. It can cause mental anguish or anxiety or whatever, but they'll put something out there. I don't know. Fuck Trudeau or fuck Trump or, or, or whoever, right? Whatever side you're on or fuck Biden. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you do that? You're going to get a hundred cross themed answers and it's going to cause this debate and you and a hundred other people are going to have some level of anxiety because of it. Some people are going to freak out and get in an argument and fuck you. And, and, and why? Why? So if you truly don't care what people think, right? And you truly want to live your best life, then I think 
not that anybody asked here, but I'm just trying to dissect this. This when I do it myself, it's kind of more therapy than anything else, isn't it? But I know some people out there relate. But I do think, you know, start looking inside first. And I, I see it from kids at hockey schools. Penny Lane's 12 now. You know, Instagram's starting up, right? And, and, and kids start chasing likes and everything. And it becomes this hip, hip, world of hypocrisy. Instagram, everything, sunshine and raybones. And, oh, I'm happy and everything. But if I don't get 100 likes, oh, look, if I posted this picture and I got 111 likes and this picture only got 86, that means they must like me better with a hat on in the sun than when I have my hair dark with my hat off in a bar. Right. Or uh, but I bought this picture here, got 120 and I'm wearing my hat in the bar. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Right. What is that? It's stupid. Yet you're the message on your and your that you're trying to convey is peace and love and oh, everybody be laid back. And but you're chasing these likes and, you know, I, I don't know. And I know there's some level of hypocrisy to what I'm saying. I try to mentally keep it to my, you know, podcasts and things. And when I go on, I either try to do something. If I'm posting something on Instagram, it's either interesting that has to do with my show or stand up or, or, or whatever might be my life. I'm not down on all social media, by the way. I just think that. I think that there's evidence you can you can look on there and you can almost see some people that need help and probably don't realize it. That's one of the things I'm saying. And the other thing I'm saying is that if you're at all stressed out and you don't like to argue or you, you think that that puts you in a bad mood, then cut the cord to Facebook and Twitter for a little bit. And I promise you, as I did, your mind will be a lot clearer. So I think I've offended 90% of the people that listen to this, but if you're still listening, <laughs> hopefully you can identify with a little bit of what I'm saying. And there you go. That's my answer into why I didn't get back to you. We'll call you David for wishing me a happy birthday. Senior hockey. Um, so someone else here asked, and I think I know exactly who this is. It's super fan one Oh one Oh from Clarence. And I think you're the dude. I think you're Todd actually that sits up above the, uh, the home net and gives me shit heckles me uh anyway great series i as i mentioned here i played for the i play for the caps st john's caps won a series against the clarenville caribous clarenville i played with for a couple of years in 2016 we went to the allen cup final in dundas and we lost in double overtime and some of those guys are still there yeah some of those guys are still there but they they, they have a great hockey team and it's tied two games to two and the last three games, I believe, have been 3-2, 3-2, 3-2. So it's, it's exciting, and it's good to see some fans back in the buildings. Newfoundland senior hockey uh, in the last few years has had a rough go because, as you would, I mean, there was ice time on and off during the pandemic, but you're, you, know, you want the kids to have that. I mean, I understand why our, our seasons were cut short you know, logistic, they're just, it's logic. I, I you know, we're, we're, we're senior hockey players. You got to have minor hockey and, and junior. You got to have that stuff going first. But the, the thing about seniors that we do get some decent fans and it's, there are good storylines. I guess you could say the people that are playing senior, whereas their, their career, I guess their ascent to try to make professional hockey to some degree is on the way down or they wouldn't be here. But a lot of guys that have that play major junior CIS, um, professionally, there's lots of those guys actually, and um, you know, a lot of junior A on the mainland, and we have a great junior B league here, right? Because to make the decision to go to junior A, you you, you got to up and leave, and unless you have a real reason to do that, whereas everywhere else in Canada, you know, there's a junior A team fairly close, you can drive there at least, right? We can't really do that. So if you make the decision to go away, it's like let's leave home. Like I, I have to leave home. So a lot of people stay here, which makes our junior B league always a, a good league. For junior B, it's a great league. So it's uh, anyway, and there's a few of those guys on each team, but you know, for the most part, it's just a mix of all kinds of players from different backgrounds in Newfoundland that got their eyes on the prize. The herder goes back over a hundred years, 
Uh, that's the name of the trophy. And, you know, it's had some ups and downs and interesting. There is a book out there somewhere. I think the guy's name who wrote it was Frank Dwyer. I could be wrong, but it's uh, called the history of the Herder Memorial trophy. And uh, anyway, it's interesting. I was lucky enough to win one in 2012, 13 with the conception Bay Seabees. It was a great story. And it meant a lot to me. So whenever I can say that, and I'm telling you the truth, that winning that herder with the CBs and the way it went down and everything was one of the best stories, my favorite team stories in my life. And, uh, you know, so it's all relative. I mean, I put it up there with the best wins I've ever had. And I've won in pro hockey at an international level with ball hockey, uh, you know, various championships, in different areas and sports over the years, but, I was up there for sure. So game number five, tied two games to two, is in our home rink, Jack Byrne Arena, this Friday. And game six is out in Clarenville at this Clarenville Event Center, CEC, on 7.30 Saturday. And then if, if there's a seven, it'll be played on Tuesday, I believe. Check back with me on that. But I think it would be Tuesday, and we would have to have the uh, – we, we won the regular season, so we would have that home game. But, uh, and good luck to the Junior Blades. The Junior Mount Pearl Junior Blades are one win away from winning the championship and, and going away to play, I think, in the Don Johnson Cup, it's called. Uh, so good luck to them. My dad coached the Mount Pearl Junior Blades in 1984 to 1987, and in 85, 86, or 84. They won it both years, but one of those years, I think it was 85, 86, they never lost a game. And they went away to the Atlantics and they didn't lose a game. So I remember we had the party in this very basement that I'm sitting in now. And, you know, the beginning of the year, like any team, it was Junior B, but it was a family and it was a lot of fun. My dad coached a lot of good. Yeah, I could call them friends now, you know. I was 10. They were like eight, nine years older than me. It seemed so much at the time. But over time, I've also come to know most of those guys. And yeah, I guess we could, I could say we were friends. But uh, it was great because at the end of the year, we still hadn't lost a game. You know, I was a stick boy now. We, But it just felt awesome. You know, it was really one of my best memories. So sometimes local sports, you know, speaking of junior and senior hockey, there you go. Those are up there with NHL memories. I mean it. So it's all relative. And if you're ever out there and you wonder to yourself, you know, I wish I knew what it was like to play in the NHL. I, I think you probably have a decent idea other than skating around with 20,000 people. That's different, right? Like you, I always get a rush from, from when that happened. I was going to say when that happens, it'll never happen again, but I you know, Herder, Herder gets, Often four and five, but ball hockey, you know, there, there still might be the odd game in my future that gets a few thousand, but to, to go out in front of 20,000 fans, you know, at an NHL game, Montreal, nonetheless, that was next level. Like I, I nearly blacked out skating around the ice and, and it never went away. I just love that feeling. But other than that, you have an idea, you know, what it's like, you, you might not like, I don't mean that if you're watching, you know what Matthews or Mariner are going to be up to that night if you're a Leafs fan or, or, you know, there's so many nuances in a season. Like people could get, you know, when people have opinions, I mean, why are they doing this? Well, I don't know. Like maybe someone's injured or, you know, maybe they, there's always a plan. We don't know exactly what goes on in each dressing room at each specific time. And the more we assume often, the more we look like idiots. But what I'm saying is that it's really not a lot different than any junior B, junior A, whatever you want to call it, college, major junior dressing rooms in that like w once you're in midget, I guess, and you're playing a high level and your, your parents stop coming in the room, then hockey's it's run the same. It's relative. Like, you know, the leaders need to lead. You need to figure your way. And, you know, the best teams win every team that wins at every level. Just check. They got good leaders. They've gone through some level of adversity. Um, even like the unreal teams, right? They'll, they'll get lax at some point during the year and have to battle back and prove to themselves that they're number one. And it all, you know, again, other than all those fans and, and the money that you're getting paid, which isn't even really talked about in the room. I mean, other than jokey, I'm, I'm sure people have 
issues, but I'm saying you, you don't sit in the room and people just come in and say, oh, today with my $12,000 check, I went out and put money down on this car. And then, you know, I'm going to think about a new mortgage. And it, it just, at least in my experience, I just walk into the room, man, in Montreal. I would love to get there early just to be part of it with the guys. Even when I sat out, it was nice to be a Montreal Canadian. So I went in and, you know, I'd grab a few sticks. And even if it was just for practice, I'd go before the game, saw them off, do my thing, doctor them up a little bit, maybe go for a little bit of a workout. Um, but I would hang around and I'd listen to music and tape my sticks and get my gear ready. No different than I would do in Cornell playing junior A, man. It was, it was the same kind of approach our captains at the best levels in, in, in junior Ashley Fennell and Ryan Marsh and, and Chad Cabana and Damon Lankow. These are guys that, you know, well, Lankow did play in the NHL, but you know, it, I didn't find on a relative level, I find Ryan Marsh in Cornell to be the same kind of leader that Vincent Damfus or Shane Corson was in, in Montreal. Of course, two of those guys are way more accomplished than the other, but I'm saying within that room, it ran the same. Right. And people call you out on your mistakes, not on every team, but on the good teams, they do. Um, you work together they're, they're, You know, the, the reasons for success are the same. The extravagancies or accessories is a better word on the way. Well, those may change that the side stuff, the, the side stories, I guess you'll say the adversity itself, may, maybe you, someone breaks their leg. Maybe someone's dad passes away and you have to rally around them. Maybe, um, you know, you, you go on an eight game losing streak and you're not supposed to lose any games. And there's, there's all kinds of things that happen to, to each winning or each team. It doesn't have to be winning. It, shit happens to each team. I guess the worse you are, the more adversity. But if you don't stick in, stick with it, there's only one team going to hoist the trophy. But there can be all kinds of winners. And I don't want to seem like Ronald McDonald at the fucking under 10 banquet telling everybody they're a participant and they're a winner. But there's definitely accomplishments within the game itself. There's a game within a game. And I don't know if you're on a shitty team, whatever level it is, and you go 10 and 40. That sounds like it sucks, but you had to learn something from that. And you'll come back whatever team it is the next year. And you'll know that as a person, as an individual, and as a team, whoever's left, whatever it is, whoever's moved on also learned to the next team that they're going to go to. And, you know, the ultimate goal is to improve. I guess the goal would be 50 and 0. But if you're 11 and 49 or 39, you've improved a little bit. If, if you're talking hockey, I often see it in hockey school. A kid will want to improve his slap shot. And he might be nine or 10 when sometimes you got to grow into that. You might be doing it right, but you don't have enough strength. And maybe that's not the shot for you yet. And they might be so pissed off. Lots of them do, right? You've seen it. If you've coached anybody at any level in any sport, this happens. I'm just using hockey as the example. So I'll go over and go, Dennis, like, what are you doing, buddy? You don't need to slam your stick. Well, I can't take a slap shot like you. But you, you shouldn't be able to like me. When I was your age, I couldn't do it like me either. But I'm older. I'm more accomplished. But if you keep doing what you're doing, I'm telling you that you will get there. And meanwhile, that same kid might have improved drastically his backward skating or her backward skating. And they don't see it, though, <laughs> because they're just doing that. And it's subconscious. They don't realize it because they don't want to get better at skating. They don't think they have to get better at skating but they're getting way better at skating. So <laughs> I guess, you know, I'll, I'll end on that note. I know I've said some things that are up and down and can be seen as fairly negative <laughs> on this rant today, but um, yeah, you know, you, 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 you learn from experience and it's not always showed analytically. But, you know, meaning games played or fucking goals and assists and shit like that. But each time that you overcome adversity, even a little bit, you're getting stronger as a person. And I know that's probably a quote somewhere from, I don't fucking know Napoleon Bonaparte or whatever, Sigmund Freud. I, I don't know. 
Tony Robbins, motivational shit. I, but it is true. Take it from me. It's true. And I think each and every person I'm talking to know it's true because you've been through it and pick something, whether it's mathematics, hitting a fastball, riding a bike. You might not be unbelievable at either one of those things. But the more you do them, even though you're probably not where you want to be, you're a little bit better. So concentrate more on the small goals, I think, than the big ones, and the rest will take care of themselves. Green Sleeves Downtown Uptown, Turkey Joe's, Bull and Barrel, and Trinity Pub. Check them out. They're my favorite bars to go to, and uh, Merchant Tavern. It's flying. I mean, the food is so good. Myself and Stevie Parsons went down there uh, last week. It's great to see Steve again. He just went back to Calgary. We're going to talk about his new line of, of uh, hockey training gear called Edge Pro. Check it out. It's wicked. Uh, we went to Blue on Water today, like I said, with my ex-wife and had a great time. Support local. I, I can't say that enough. Uh, support local. A lot of wherever you are, support local. Uh, People need the help, and especially after that craziness that was the pandemic. Uh, and it's good for your mental health to get out and, and uh, spend locally. For, for, for me, I think that when you do that, it's it, it's it's worth. It's worth is unexplainable because what's good for the brain and it's good for the body and might not be tangible, but is important. PennyPoshDesigns.com. Check that out. Women's Wear Reimagined. Danielle's got some great coveralls that she just invented slash produced slash are on the market now. So uh, th those are awesome. Great hoodies, too. Like I said, we'll throw in a book if you place an order. Um, when I say we, I mean her. I I'm donating the book. It's her company. Uh, what else? I guess that's it. Oh, usually I recommend an album, don't I? But I'm going to do that later in the week. But since I brought it up, ooh, I'm going to go about 10 years ago for this one. Uh, the Sheepdogs Learn and Burn. So you either love them or you hate them, but you got to hear them first. So if you're from Canada, I'm thinking, unless you've been living under a rock, you know the Sheepdogs are. If you're not, or, or you're from Canada and you have been under a rock and you don't know who they are, check it out. Now, my, that's my favorite album. And around when I really got into them, was, I, I think it's around 2010 or 11. It's called Learn and Burn. Uh, but the first song I ever heard by the Sheepdogs was I Don't Know. And I thought it was, it's a, the, no, the name of it is I Don't Know. And I thought it was mid-70s. My buddy, it was, uh, oh, God. Uh, Chad Oak, God, I nearly forgot his name, and Robbie Dunville and Tim Keynes. The boys were, I guess I was in my early 30s playing for the Cornerbrook Royals, and they were 1920. And uh, they brought in the album, and I loved it. And the next song they played was Southern Dreaming, and it's magic. It's tranquil. It's just a fantastic riff sound. To me, it takes me to like, and even though I, I don't know why, because I don't remember anything about the 70s. I was born in 77, but when I hear this music, I, I picture myself somewhere on a lake with buddies in the 70s. I, maybe that picture is painted from some past video that I've seen, but it really puts me in a good place. Uh, those are just three songs, but uh, the album is... It's a great listen. If you like 70s rock, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's brilliant. Uh, 70s Southern rock, I, I guess. I'm trying to think. A little bit of the Allman Brothers, Leonard Skinnerd, that type of stuff. Right? Those are legendary bands to be compared to. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, Blackberry Smoke, now on the go. Um, you know, a band like that. They're Southern, Southern rock, even though they're from Saskatoon. Uh, but, you know, Western Canada is made up of the same sort of people and has a really Western cowboyish feel to it. And the more I think about it, the southern United States has a lot in common. So it's no surprise. 
but they were the first independent band to ever be uh, featured on Rolling Stone cover as well. And that must have been around the same year. Anyway, that's my album for this week. The Sheepdogs Learn and Burn. Uh, I don't think it's on any top 100 lists or anything, but I do think it's, it's one of my favorites. All these things, like I've said before, are just opinion based. So, you know, uh, for me, it's definitely one of my favorite albums. And I do think if it's me, I am putting it in one of the top 100 Canadian albums ever. That's a hard list to make, I know, but I love it. And uh, I hope you love it too. This has been episode 97A of Tales with TR. And we'll be back in a couple days with my good friend and Sportsnet everything, Sportsnet connected co host, author. Hockey player, legend, Pictou County representative, future mayor, Ken Reed. So we'll hear from you. Sorry, I mean, you'll hear from me and you'll hear from Ken in a couple of days. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have yourselves a great week. Talk soon.